0: Hey, everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Gene. I'm part of the team here at Restore And uh, what a privilege it is to be with you again this morning as we dive into Scripture and um, as we engage this third week of the series we're in called Fresh Fruit. I've entitled this morning, Chill. Chill. Has anyone ever said to you, hey, just chill out? Chill out. Or, man, you seem so chill. Chill. Well, every once in a while, uh, it is good to uh, reevaluate how well we do with this thing of being chill, which could also be translated to peace. This third attribute of the fruit of the Spirit is the word peace. Paul uses this greeting over and over and over in his writings, grace and peace to you. So i offer that to you this morning, grace and peace to you. Last weekend, Jordan did a uh, fantastic job with the second fruit of the Spirit in this series, Fresh Fruit. The word was joy and he talked about, he was really honest about the attribute of joy in his own life and perhaps its absence for a season. And um, this morning I would come to you and just acknowledge that as I've considered the level of joy in my own life and the level of peace in my own life, I've had to reevaluate that again and say, You know, it is true that our circumstances so often play with our emotions. Our circumstances often dictate how we feel. And so when we submit to the feeling, sometimes we don't feel joy. Sometimes we don't feel peace. And that's what I wanna talk to you about this morning even when we don't feel it. What is at our foundation? What is our foundation built on? What does our foundation feel like? Is it firm or is it squishy and moving around underneath our feet? In Galatians chapter 5, there's this scripture that is, uh, the, the series is based on this scripture. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So let's just remind ourselves of what all nine of these attributes are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the beautiful thing about all of those is that there is no law against those things. No one is going to tell you, stop loving so much. They might ask you, why you got to be so chill? I don't know. The good answer back is, you know, whatever you decide the answer is. But for me, my peace comes from a firm foundation of knowing that no matter what happens around me, no matter how chaotic life seems, no matter how many Chinese balloons are in the air, I can have peace. But the truth is, if love is missing, love being the first attribute of the fruit of the spirit, if love is missing, so are all the other attributes that reflect the character of Christ. Now, the subject of peace means that I probably ought to address the subject of, well, my own perspective on peace. Some might call me a peacenik, someone who is uh, opposed to armed conflict. Like, that's, that's just my position. Um, In fact, I wish that all Christians around the world would make a commitment to never kill another human being. Wouldn't that be something? What if we all did that? I'm sure you all have. But what if we would all commit to that? I know. It's kind of a crazy thing. The question always comes up. What if somebody breaks into your house? I don't know. Except that I will protect. So this idea of peace, national peace, community peace, is only as strong as our individual peace. I believe the absence of peace in the individual heart has direct implications on the heart of the nation. The presence of peace, how do you know if you have it? Often it's unexplainable, but we know when we have it and we know when we don't have it, don't we? Like we have a clear sense about I'm at peace, and we have a clear sense about when we are not at peace, when we are warring on the inside of ourselves. Brenda talked about friends of ours who lost their son over the weekend in a tragic uh, car accident. Uh, over the last number of weeks, uh, one, one uh, I don't know, maybe it's our age, something, but um, we had a close friend that passed away. And um, another family, good friends of ours, who had to make the decision um, about a DNR for their, sa- for their dad. And um, you know, all of those are, they have implications on how we feel. But the beautiful thing with both of these families that as we uh, sat with them and as we've connected with them, there's a deep, deep peace. Their foundation is secure. They know who they are. They know who God is. They know his work in them is not finished. It doesn't mean they're not sad. It doesn't mean they're not troubled. It doesn't mean that there is not uh, a question in their mind. Of course, there are many questions in their mind. But here's what I know. When I rest in the promises of God, I have peace. When I rest in the promises of God, I have peace. When I choose to work with others for a common goal instead of insisting on my way, I have peace. When I refuse to go to war with my words or actions, when I choose nonviolence, I have peace. I believe peace is a deep well of confidence in God that he is who he says he is, and as such, he will do what he says he will do. Peace is this this unshakable inner calm that is a rare quality among so many humans today. As followers of Jesus, we can ask and believe that the Holy Spirit will deposit his peace in us He will bring order to the chaos of our lives when we seem to be spinning out of control. And the peace of God that passes all understanding is no small comfort. Consider these words that Brenda already read this morning. I'll just go back to them again. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Every Sunday morning, we have Philippians 4, 6 on the screen as we pray and and, and thank God for the work that he's doing among us. But we don't have verse 7 up. The two combined are this, do not be anxious about anything. So we're thinking about peace. So anxiety and worry are the things that most often sabotage our peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. So is peace absent in conflict? If you have conflict, does that mean peace is absent? Is it absent in the difficult things? When you have no suffering, when you have no trials, when everything is going exactly the way you want it to go, does that mean that you have peace in your life? Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 23. He is teaching his disciples just prior to going to the cross. And he says to his disciples, he says, uh, well, one of his disciples asked uh, a question about how he's going to reveal himself. And Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Take note of the word anyone. He doesn't say, Oh, you disciples, the Jews. No, he says, anyone, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them. We will come to anyone and make our home with anyone, with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me okay, you want peace? Do you want peace in your life? Of course. No one's sitting here this morning, all of you online, no one is sitting there going, yeah, I don't care for peace. I like chaos. I like when, when my heart is troubled and worry has gotten the best of me. I love that anxiety and panic attack. Those are great things. No one is saying that. We're all saying, we want peace in our lives. How do we get peace? Do you want peace? According to the words of Jesus, do what he teaches. Obedience. If obedience is missing, then according to the scripture, we don't love Jesus. If obedience is missing, we are not followers of Jesus. We're merely onlookers. Now, I have to confess to you that the word obey doesn't resonate well with me. I didn't know it didn't resonate well with me until I was prepping for this weekend. And the word obey... I don't know. I have I have some exploring to do as to why I responded viscerally to that word. But I want to obey Jesus. I want to be more like him, and I know that in order to be more like Jesus, if I'm going to be a man of peace, of joy, of love, then I need to and want to follow the way of Jesus, which means I obey the words of Jesus. In verse 25, he says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The deep abiding presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit within us, is accessible 24 seven. Unfortunately, again, we, you and I, we submit to worry, we submit to anxiety, and we say, yeah, but. So it's significant and important that as we, as we live our weeks, days, weeks, hours, that we have the, that we make the conscious decision to sit, do what we have to do, but to listen to what the spirit inside of us is saying, because he will inform you. I read a book many years ago called Two Chairs, and it was this idea that I would sit in one chair and I would leave one chair open And I would come prepared as if I was meeting with the most important person in the world. I would come prepared. I wouldn't come slouching to that chair, say, yeah, Jesus, what's up? But that I would come expecting, expecting that I would hear from him, that I would come to that moment And look at that empty chair and know that as sure as that chair is there, the Spirit of God is in me and ready to speak to me. And when we ask, we expect that the Holy Spirit will inform us. In verse 27, Jesus closes this section with these words. He says, peace, because his disciples were troubled. They were troubled because he was speaking in ways that They knew there was something coming. They were troubled. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Key point, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As a pastor and a leadership coach, I spend a lot of time with people. I'm having a lot of different conversations and usually when there is a chaos or conflict in somebody's life, it doesn't do much good to skirt around the issues, but it does a lot of good when you begin to identify the root cause for the issue at hand. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So, One could ask, what is the opposite of peace? And a quick answer is, well, war. What causes war? What causes war in a nation? What causes war inside of us? I would submit to you that the opposite of peace is fear. And I wonder, friends, what are you fearing this morning? What is it in your life that you fear? We all have some fears that we deal with. Are you dealing with a fear of rejection? Are you feeling a fear, having a fear, dealing with something that you're afraid of that would cause you to fail? Is failure a fear? What about loss? Do you have a fear of loss? Maybe you have a fear of lack of provision. Yeah, but the scripture says, my God will supply all my needs. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if it doesn't look the way I expect it to look? Do you have a fear of pain? Do you have a fear of loss of control? See, when we're not at peace, we often revert to the perceived comforts and behaviors of our past. We threaten others and we lash out and some of us are really good at this one. We self-sabotage. We create scenarios to where, to where um, we may be able to just blame it on someone else, but we do it ourselves. What are you doing right now in your own life that is removing peace from your circumstances? What are you doing right now? What are you submitting yourself to? that is removing peace from your life. For some of us, it's important for us to do more than just give peace a cursory nod as we walk past peace. But we stop and we consider, what is it? What is it that is removing peace from my life? See, I believe if we're going to develop fresh fruit, if we're going to develop fresh fruit, if we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we have to practice peace in word. The words that we speak have everything to do with the thinking that we're doing. And so if we're going to practice peace in word, then we're going to have to look at what we can do to make sure our thinking is right. Second Corinthians 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. There's that word obedient again. I just had a conversation last week with with a young man who is trying to find his way. And it's so interesting how quickly we forget that taking every thought captive is one of the strongest elements, the the most powerful things we can do to create peace in our lives, to have peace in our lives. But, that is, if we just let our minds go run run rampant, if we just let ourselves think whatever we want to think, if we don't put any guardrails on our thoughts, we invite the enemy in, the enemy says, that's good, keep thinking that, because that road will take you to destruction. Friends, we have to pull back. We have to say, no, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm taking every thought captive. If that thought does not honor God, if that thought is destructive to me. I'm going to pull it back, and I'm going to have a different thought. I'm going to replace that thought. In Romans 8, Paul also writes these words. He says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. This is, here we go again. It is obedience and it's surrender that leads us to a place of peace. The other thing that I, I, want to make sure that we never do around here is as Jeremiah describes it in Jeremiah 6:14 we want to speak words of truth yes we do tr- words of truth but strong words of grace grace and truth truth without grace is can be very detrimental but if we mix the two if we blend those two it's a beautiful thing and we don't ever want to say there's peace, you have peace. Peace, peace when there is no peace. We don't wanna be, oh, we don't wanna take care of your, your wounds, your super, superficially take care of wounds. We want to recognize the truth that it is that we have pain in our lives. We have difficult things in our lives. But truth needs to be applied to those wounds so that we can heal, so that we can be restored. Secondly, practice peace in deed. So we're practicing peace in word and we're practicing peace in deed. Romans 12, 18. As far as it depends on you, live at peace. These are Paul's, ad- this is Paul's admonition to us as followers of Jesus. So when you find yourself in a crisis point, when you find yourself in a relationship that is nothing but conflict, your responsibility is to do everything you can to live at peace. This is what we call practicing peace in the deeds that we do. Again, in Romans 12, verse two, don't conform. Here's how we do it. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Practice peace in word and practice peace in deed. So if we do all of this, what are the guarantees? Well, as we look at the life of Jesus, there was no uh, guarantee that nonviolence would solve the conflict. I mean, in his world, it surely didn't. He still went to the cross, even though he practiced nonviolence. My belief is that the only guarantee with a violent approach is bloodshed and destruction. It is more war. It is more chaos. I'm reminded of the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas was coming with the high priests and his whole group to arrest Jesus. And the high priest's servant, Malchus, was with this group. And Peter, one of the disciples, pulled out his sword, and cut his ear off, trying to protect Jesus. And Jesus' words were, put your sword back in. He picked up the ear and healed the servant. Jesus said, enough of this violence. Let's bring healing to this situation. I'm convinced that if we're to follow the way of Jesus, we have to embrace The way of peace. Fidelity or allegiance to Jesus requires an action of love that may not be efficient and it may not lead to the resolution we hope for, but nonetheless, it is what was modeled to us by the Savior. C.S. Lewis says life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. We all have difficult things. We all have problems. How we choose to address those things in our lives will depend on how much peace we have. What are you doing right now that is keeping you from experience that deep abiding peace of Jesus in your life? about a year into the launch of Restore Church. One of my friends gave me this necklace and it's um, like the giving key, um, it's a company that does keys, engraves keys with specific words. The word that was given to me was peace. And wearing this around my neck does not make me a person of peace. Stepping into a relationship with Jesus, being convinced that the way of Jesus is the way of love, is what brings me peace. Love, joy, peace, this third week now, reminds me also that from the beginning, Restore Church, we have hoped for, we have believed for lives that are restored, lives that are transformed, lives that will never be the same because of an interaction with Jesus. And so we believe that as we speak life and blessing over each other, that we will be physically healed, we will be physically restored. There will be emotional and spiritual restoration and healing that happens inside of each, each and every one of us. But it requires decisions, it requires a choice from us as followers of Jesus. And so we get to choose daily. Despite our circumstances, we get to choose daily to say, I will be a person of peace. I will be a person of love. And I will be a person of joy. Despite my circumstances. How difficult is that, right? How difficult is making that choice unless it is at the forefront of our minds? And I believe today some of you are going to make a fresh decision to be a person of peace that speaks peace into every situation you encounter. Would you stand with me? Our prayer ministry team will be at the front during this next song. And um, and I just want you to know, like, There's no magic formula for receiving peace, but there are actions that we take. There are things we can do to put guardrails around our minds so that our minds will inform our mouth to say the words that will bring peace and not words that will bring chaos. Some of you have not had peace for a very long time. You've not been at peace. And I don't know why. I just know that sometimes our circumstances dictate how we respond to even the presence of Jesus, you know that the presence of Jesus is is right here. His promise to we read the scripture this morning in John 14. I will come. He has come. Have we received. Let me pray for us. Father in the name of Jesus, I speak life and blessing over these friends. God, for each one that is in relational chaos, perhaps is self-sabotaging even the good things that are happening in their lives. God, I speak against the enemy that wants us to believe that we are not worth living at peace, that we deserve exactly what we've gotten, that we have no right to a life that is free, of warring, of chaos in our hearts and minds. God, where there is loss this morning, where there is a sense that of impending doom, I speak life into that person, into that heart, into that mind. Where the ways have been crooked, God, straighten them out. We believe that you want all good things for your children. And so we receive that this morning. And again, where there is doubt, where there is a sense that I am not worth it, God, would you just do the healing that needs to happen in that life right now, in that mind. And fathers, we go from this place today that we choose to be people that will practice peace in word and in deed. We thank you now for all that you're going to do, for the promises that, that you will keep. Let us be people that obey the words that you've laid out for us. Let us be people that strive to be people that bring peace and love and joy into every interaction. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.